0: You're listening to the weekly podcast from Solid Ground Church. We hope that this is uplifting and encourages you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus. If we can be of any help at all, please visit us on the web at solidground.church. Now let's get to this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church at Home. Uh, my name is Bern, one the pastors here, and I just want to thank you for tuning in as we're kicking off a brand new series today called Hindsight is 2020. Uh, let me just sort of give you a little bit of background. Where I originally planned for us to go as a church was we were going to be continuing through the Gospel of John. Um, and as I was prepping that, I just began to get this sense of man, like, you know what? 2020 was this really unique year for a lot of us. I mean, it was, it's different. It, it had all kinds of circumstances and, and things that we encountered that most of us had never been through before. Um, and so I thought what we... I, I just I didn't want to miss the opportunity. So I thought what we would do is just spend the next few weeks sort of taking some gleanings and um, understanding some, some Bible application for some of the things that we encountered uh, this past year, because let's, let's just... Own this. 2020 was weird, right? Like, I don't know anybody that was like, man, I hope that I get to experience what I experienced in 2020. Like, like you know, like global pandemic, people getting sick, dying, the country's on fire, democracies in this weird in question thing. I mean, like, like a lot of us were just like, oh yeah, sign me up for more than, of that. Like, nobody said that, um, but here we are. And so, what I wanted to do today is just begin to sort of talk about some stuff that we can glean. And so, I grabbed my little iPad here, I wrote some notes down. I just thought maybe that'd be helpful because here's the truth most of us. Are tired, right? I mean, like most of us, you know, like we are over the Rona. We're over uh, all the stuff that we're encountering with that, and and you know, it, it, it's taking a toll on us. Like I think the New York Times uh, released an article recently that was talking about sort of the unique stresses and 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 really just psychological issues that a lot of us are encountering as a result of quarantine, as a result of the way our way of life has has been changed. So a lot of people right now they're feeling sort of aimless. They're feeling like, man, you know, like if they had a sense of purpose in their career and at their job and they're, they're at home, they're sort of missing that. If you've got kids like I do, you're missing school. It's not that, you know, you don't want to be around your kids or you don't love them, but man, if ever we had an appreciation for teachers, it is right. Now, with homeschool and all that stuff, if your kids are doing that like mine, there's all kinds of stresses, there's all kinds of fear, right? Like, you know, people being afraid of getting sick and, and, and loved ones getting sick. I mean, even, you know, even, even last night, like last night, uh, while we were at the dinner table, Ken and I got notification like of, of uh, family members, two family members of, of love, like of friends uh, who had passed this past week because of COVID complications, and another person in the hospital, uh, because of, of uh, the Rona. I, I have friends who are pastors in the area. Three different churches within the last month had to shut down and go under quarantine because of COVID outbreaks there. Um, you know, I was talking with another friend over lunch, um, which I think is still legal, and um, and he was talking about the economy and all this, and, and he said, just truthfully, he's like, man, I don't know that the economy will ever recover from this and, and, and you know he had a lot of concern there maybe that's your COVID stress too like you're, you're suffering financially or your business is closing and just there's all this stuff going on and, and the very first thing I just want you to know before we go any further if you're sort of feeling off if you're feeling the weight you're like oh my gosh I, I'm depressed or I'm anxious I want you to just know something really really simple and it's just this it's not just you it's not just you so if you think I'm going crazy you're not if you think, I mean, like, I'm carrying so much, you're not. Like, it's not just you. You're not nuts. It's just the signs of the times. And I want you to know, listen, hold on. You, it's not just you. No, you're not crazy. But here's why so many of us have a problem right now. Here's why so many of us feel like thrown off when we look at the circumstances of where we are, when we look at how life is going. It's because we've lost this word right here, control. Plus, like control, control. Like things feel out of control. Things don't feel like they should be. Like all of us in life, we have expectations for how things should be, and and we make plans for our lives. We make okay. It needs to be this way. It needs to be that way. And we've lost like complete control. And like you know, for so many of us, like we just like okay, I'm going to build my life this way. I'm going to organize my week. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do that. Um, but the truth is, like we're not really in control. And and, and the the Rona is just highlighting that. That okay. The way that we've known life isn't how we're experiencing it right now. And so, you know, maybe like we we worked to build our lives and now, okay, but as as much as we could try to repair ourselves, we run the risk of of losing health or loved ones or businesses. There's just no way to plan as well as we would like. Now here's the good news. Good news is this that the vast majority of people in human history have lived life like we're living it right now. Like, it's, it's new to us, but it's not new to humanity at all. Like, I mean, most, like, 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 like vaccines and the medical developments that we enjoy and the financial stability that we're blessed with in this country and the freedoms that we've been given. Okay. Most people in human history haven't had those things. And we've made it as a species thus far. So the good news is, like, while it's unique to us, it's not unique to our species. And I, th- I think we're going to be fine. But here's, here's why a lot of us are so thrown off right now. Like, the reason we have this hard, uh, this hard ideal of control and why we're so thrown off is, is because we have, have absorbed a philosophy as uh, Americans um, and, and Westerners that has influenced the way that all of us think. And it's a philosophy called modernism. Here's what modernism is. Basically, modernism is this this belief that really began to emerge after World War One and World War II in, in America. And it was this belief, if I could summarize it like this, it would basically just be saying, if we can dream it, we can do it. Right. So like if, if we just apply ourselves hard enough, if we just work to uh, create advancements, I mean, for goodness sakes, we put somebody on the moon. So if, if we just if we can dream it, we can do it. What we can do is we can work to, you know, like, like OK, how many of us, when, when it came to uh, the, the COVID outbreak, originally what we did was we went, OK, well, um, we don't have to worry because there was, like, we, we know there's going to be a vaccine. We know that it's coming, even though we had no evidence for it. And so where do we have that, that blind optimism? Well, we had it from modernism. Where okay, like If we can dream it, we can do it. But here's the crazy thing about COVID, as we lose control, even as the vaccine, like, think about it, even this week, even as the vaccine is rolling out, now there's this this this, this uh, news stories coming out. Of, okay, well now there's, now there's a new strand of COVID from the UK. Even though like in the same week that vaccines are becoming more and more prevalent, now the language has gone from hope to we we think it's gonna work. Like we, we're pretty sure that the vaccine will work with this new. Th- what is that? Well, what that is is, is the truth. That, listen, as good as we can plan, as much as we try to do, and as much as we try to have control in our lives, here's the truth. And if you're taking notes, just write this down, okay? We have never been in control, ever. We've never been in control. Like, the, the good news is that, listen, as much as you want to, to take charge of your life, um, you never were in control, and you haven't lost that with COVID because you never had it. And, and the Bible is abundantly clear on this. Like, Proverbs 69 says it like this. It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In other words, in, other words okay, in their hearts, like what we do is we decide, okay, here's where I'm going to go, and the author of Proverbs is going, yeah, but ultimately it, it's God's plan that, that comes to fruition, not ours. In the same way, the psalmist writes this in Psalm 139, verse 16. He, he reflects and he says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book, he's talking to God, before one of them came to be. In other words, like God, before I lived any of my life, you had planned out where it was going to go. You're sovereign. You are in control, not me. You flash forward to the New Testament. One of the, the, my favorite books in the New Testament is the book of James because I, I enjoy James. It's just like a sarcastic sense of humor. I love what he says here in James 4, 13 15 He says, "Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money." Come on. And isn't that sort of how we we do life as Americans? All right. So listen, like you know, I'm, I'm planning a vacation here. I'm planning this financial uh, like investment here. Like I said, those of you who who plan this things, he says, verse fourteen. Why do you why do you not even know what will? Or he says, "Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while." and then vanishes. So, you know, upper from James right there. But like, look, this idea of okay, listen, like, you're playing, this is how my life is going to go, this is what I'm going to do. James goes, man, you don't even know what tomorrow holds. How can you say that? Like, you are so temporary. You're like the morning dew. You're like a morning fog where you're, just, you're here and then you're gone when the sunlight hits it the right way. It just evaporates. And James goes, that's how temporary we are. That's how small we are in the scope of the universe. And so he concludes, he says in verse 15, Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And before we like, flip out and say, you know, like, okay, do I have to say if it's the Lord's will every time somebody invites me to dinner? No, the, the idea is the heart behind it. Okay, listen, like, at the end of the day, my life isn't about my control, it's about God's. I only go where God is taking me. And that's really good news, and so I'm just going to say it again. If you haven't read it down before, write it down right now. We have never been in control. Ever. This is true during COVID. It's true before COVID. All COVID did was just shine a light on that fact. That, that, okay, as much as we thought we were secure, and I know we have a hard time with it. I mean, for goodness, think about how we deal with tragedies in the country. Have you, have you noticed that? Like, if something comes from sort of the existence of evil, for instance, uh, a terrorist plot or, or a mass shooting, what, what's our response? The response is, okay, if we just prep better, it won't happen again. And it, I'm not against prepping better, but, but let's just understand that human evil exists. And no amount of me just deciding I'll, I'll, just, I'll get control, I'll just organize things this way will prevent it from happening. Why? So be, Because the truth is, like life is outside of our power to be in charge of. And, and, and if you're somebody who finds security and control, it's extremely scary. And so what do we do with that? How do we learn to live with the reality that ultimately, as much as we plan, as much as we try to take care of ourselves, as much as we try to work things out on our behalf, we have no guarantees. In fact, we could be gone tomorrow. Our lives could fall apart rather quickly. Well, to to learn how to live with that, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the the Gospel of Mark there. I'm just going to invite you. uh, Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to be going forward uh, Mark 4, a little bit of, of background on this story. It's fairly early in the life of Jesus. Uh, but what we're about to see here is, a, is a, a moment where Jesus shows his disciples how much he is powerful, how much the creation of like, and creation itself is in his hands uh, and, and teaches them something about who he is and who they are to him and, and how uh, God is taking care of them. And so here's this story in Mark chapter 4, starting verse 35. It says this: That day. When evening came, he, talking about Jesus, said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And talking about uh, the lake. So, verse uh, 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him. Verse 37, a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And so you got this moment where, actually might be the Sea of Galilee, where where Jesus and his, his disciples are on the boat, they're crossing, huge squall comes out of nowhere, waves are crashing out, which means uh, like they could drown any second. And come on, how many of us, that's where we feel like, this is where we are right now, where it feels like, hey, okay, like at any moment, life as we know it could collapse. That could be, I, I get a phone call somebody I was around, had COVID, and now I have to quarantine, I'm going to miss work, I might miss a paycheck, or you know, like, okay, somebody that I love is, is sick, or okay, you know what, uh, like, business is starting to recover right now, but maybe it's not, and maybe I'm going to lose my job, maybe I'm going to lose my business. I mean, like, just at any moment, things could go south rather quickly, I and mean, we just sort of feel like we're in this wave and we're in this boat right now where everything is just off and everything is uncertain and everything is, let's just say it, scary. I mean, for goodness sakes, like, we... I was, I was in bed last night, like on my phone, reading about how this, this hack from the Russians apparently might have gotten to nuclear codes. Like, goodness, like, we're talking about like, scary stuff. Like, like the winds and the waves are crashing, right? This is where we are. And so, here's where I want to see what Jesus does. So, verse, 30, or verse 38 Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. See, you have all this insanity happening around him and Jesus is just comfy laying there sleeping. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? This is the most of us. Like, God, don't you care? Like, things are really bad right now. Don't you, Like, where are you? Do, you? do you care at all? And that's exactly what they're saying to him right now. But verse 39, man. Verse 39 is the money. So look at this. Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. There's an interesting little phrase here in the Greek I want us to catch. It. So where he says, be still, it's the Greek word phimao. And here's the neat thing about phimao. It's not the first time that Jesus uses it in Mark. Here's where it is. Okay. So if you were to rewind, you're reading through Mark, There's a story back in Mark chapter one when Jesus' ministry is really, I mean, it's just being like Jesus goes to church, okay? And when he's at church, there's this point where this guy who's sitting in church is possessed by a demon because religion is weird. And um, while it's a whole other sermon like how that could happen in church, but look, okay. So there's a guy there possessed by a demon. The guy, like the demon in, in the guy recognizes Jesus, begins to scream out. He's like, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And Jesus, when he casts the demon out of him, he says to it in Mark one twenty five, be quiet, fimao. Okay, and he says, be quiet, come out of him. Here's why I'm bringing this up, okay? Same word that Jesus uses to still the storm, he uses to rebuke and cast out the demon. Here's why I want to bring this up. Because many of us, when it comes to trusting God spiritually, we have no issues. I can trust God with my eternity. I can trust God with heaven. I can trust God with forgiving my sin. But when it comes to trusting God with the things that we actually see, we have all kinds of issues. And I want us to notice that the same Jesus who takes care of the spiritual thing in Mark 1 is the one who takes care of the wind and the waves with the same word in Mark chapter 4. This is a really big deal. God, listen to me. I love it like uh, Christine King. She tweeted a thing recently. I love it. She said this. She said, if you can trust Jesus with your eternity, Why not start by trusting him with your 2021? And what if we did that, okay? Like, what if we treated 2021, okay, listen, we've had 2020 to freak out. We've had 2020 to be scared and worried, but what if we treated 2021 as our opportunity to trust God? Okay, like as we're putting 2020 in hindsight, okay, we're over the initial fear, but we're, okay, you know, listen, all my fear is is it's an opportunity to trust God through the storm. So this year, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, listen, okay, the same Jesus who cast out the demon, can quiet the wind and the waves, I'm going to begin to trust God with the natural as well as the spiritual. What if I do that? Okay, like, I'm going to believe, okay, as I'm going through that God's going to take care of me in my day-to-day life and day-to-day needs, just like he was my eternal ones, just like he was my spiritual ones. Okay, I'm going to believe that this year God has my back, that I'm completely within his sight. He's watching me with a watchful eye. He knows exactly where I am, and I believe he is going to take care of me because I believe that ultimately my life is always in his hand in good time and bad. I mean, I'll tell you, this past year during COVID, this was exemplified to me in little things. Like, look, I'll just give you a work example, all right? You know, here I am, I'm preaching right now. And fun fact for you, I work hard on these talks, <laughs> like a lot, and, and and I care about what happens with them, like, like for a bunch of reasons, like the selfish end is I work hard on it. The other, the other end is, listen, like, like I, you know, I, I feel burdens for our people. There are things at times I want to just see God move us in certain directions closer to Him. There are things sometimes we need to start or stop. And, and I really like as I'm prepping a message, I'm praying and I'm listening for the leading of the Holy Spirit in everything that I that I say. And sometimes I miss it for sure. But but my, my goal is to always walk in step with the Lord as we do these things. And so this one week, uh I'm not gonna tell you how many months ago, we, we had a night where here's here's how we were doing the, the whole church uh recording thing was we would meet on Wednesday nights. And so if you're curious that's not what we're doing now but we used to meet on Wednesday night and uh when, when we when we, back before we, like when we're coming to the time of we knew we were going to reopen the doors for that month that we reopened the doors before everything went crazy again. Um, but so we, we knew because like we had been recording in segments. We normally record the sermon once, and then the worship band at a different time. And we realized like um, man, for everything to function as they we need to start practicing everybody being together and recording the whole thing through. So this this, this one week, like the week that we decided we were going to do that, um, I just felt this burden. I had a really, really heavy message. It was on repentance, and and uh, I mean it was really, really sh- like strong. I, I knew it was going to be a heavy talk, and. And so we went through the night, we recorded with their worship band and then got set up for me to talk. And um, when we did that, uh, I went through, I preached the message and um, something crazy happened with the tech. So we re- re- recorded the message and then we went. Like we sent everybody home, which is okay. we I thought we had it in the bag. Everybody went, like the team went, everybody was operating cameras, sound, slides. And um, we go back to watch the tape after everybody's gone. Uh, not the best planning on, on my part. And um, we noticed oh man, the, the video file of the sermon has split in half, and at exactly like the heaviest moment, um, the audio has dropped. Like the audio, like it sounded like somebody had turned off my mic and recorded through one of the mics that we had over the the cymbals on the drum set. So the audio became just absolute garbage, and so I'm freaked out. So I'm, you know, I, I go into the source files. I've been editing videos since I was, I don't know, 15, 16, since we were using VHS tapes. So editing video is not new to me. And so... Um, I'm going to the source file, trying to find like if there's a way to salvage it. No, the audio is completely garbage. There's just no way of using it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do. And so uh, Pastor Josh comes in. He sees me at the computer, and he can and, and Josh knows me well to know now. Like if there's a look on my face, like, he knows the look on my face. That oh no, right? And so he sees me. And he's like, I think he said something wrong. I'm like, Okay, what's wrong? Like, like before I can even tell him, you know, and uh, and I tell him like this Like we're gonna have to re-record the sermon, be-. and even though we're running out of time for the week. Uh, We're gonna have to because the audio is just garbage, Um, and so Josh, just with 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 wisdom beyond his years, said, "Okay, how about we just take a step back? Let's go. We'll hit uh, Starbucks, grab some coffee, and we'll think through what we're gonna do." So okay, so we go, get in the in the drive-through line at Starbucks, which now everyone their dog goes to at every moment of the day, and so you're basically it's gonna take like an hour and a half to get through it. Uh, Starbucks folks, I love you, but man, you got a lot of business going on there. So anyway, so I'm in I'm in the drive-through line, and we're talking through all these options because we have time to. And, uh, okay, I'm like, I could do this, could do that. And, and Josh is sort of, he's just calmly listening through it. And he goes, okay, he goes, let me ask you a question. He's like, what would happen if we just left, left the audio bad? And I'm like, well, I think it could be distracting. I think, and he goes, yeah, maybe. He goes, but like, would the message still go out? He was like, yeah. He goes, yeah. Um, he goes, listen, you know, when we do what we do, it's hard sometimes because we're personally invested in it, so we want it to be perfect because it's our image out there. It's, it's the thing that we worked hard on, and and, th- and that can be really you know sensitive. So we want, we want it to be perfect, but, but like, would ultimately the gospel still be preached? And I'm like, yeah. So I have this moment in the car where literally, I I, I just hearing this, I just stop and I, internally I just pray, "All right, you know, what, Lord, it's yours. Do with it whatever you want. I trust you." So we get our coffee go back to the church, and when I get in there, I sit down at the computer to just go ahead and send the thing out, and, and nobody's been in the church building, we had the, the alarm armed when we left, okay, um, when I sit down at the computer, the audio is completely fixed, like completely fixed, like actually sounded better than the other stuff that, that we had in before, and I'm looking at this, and to a tech person like me, that's a full-on miracle, like, that doesn't happen. I know what that, like, that audio was. It's, it's completely better. Like, and, and so I'm, like, marveling at this. Like, oh, my gosh. And so, I mean, like, like for the next few days, I'm just, like, I, every, every chance I get, I would stop and I would just worship the Lord. Like, I had this moment, like, I think it was the Saturday before it aired. I'm, I'm, in, I'm like, I'm walking through my kitchen at home. I just like, Lord, thank you so much. I can't believe you did that. And when I said that, like, the Holy Spirit, he, he just spoke so clearly to my heart. He just went, what, you think I can't do tech support? And just hit me, man! Like, oh my gosh, God is completely aware of what I'm doing. He's completely aware of the things I'm working on, what's happening in my life, and that all this stuff. And, and so it just it just hammered home to me this point in my heart. Says, I can trust God in the natural. As well as the spiritual same is spirit true for you, listen. Like you can trust God with your job, you can trust God with your health, you can trust God with your loved ones. And it's not you're irresponsible with those things. It's not like you just like make it rain at anything that you want to buy, or you just go around and asking people to cough into your mouth. No, do not nothing like that. But the idea is just simply this, like listen, like you like to, to, to quote an old Matt Chandler sermon, nobody dies early. Like ultimately you're only here as long as God wants you to be. And so you don't have to worry about your future. And this is exactly what we see going forward in Mark 4. Okay, so Jesus, he, he quiets the wind, he quiets the waves, and in Mark four forty he says this, like, after he's done it, he says to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Well, Jesus, we're going to drown. Why are you so afraid? Because well, the wind and the waves are coming out. Why are you so afraid? And the second part, look at this. Do you still have no faith? Now, when he says the word faith, it's the Greek word uh, pistis. Like, think of like a piston, right? Okay, um, and it's not talking about faith in this magical sense. It's like just believe it. Like, like why? Why? Do, like my faith? Is I just I you know I believe in things that I don't see. Well, it's, certainly that's a component of faith, but there's more to it. This word it goes hand in hand with the idea. It's synonymous with the idea of trust. Like it's faith in the sense of okay, I know somebody, and so I know what to expect on behalf of their character and their actions. And so when Jesus says to them, listen, like, do you still have no faith? Basically what he's saying is, guys, have you not been around me long enough to know that I'm going to take care of you? Have you not been around me long enough to know, listen, like, why are you so afraid? Do you still not trust me? Do you still not believe that I'm going to do the right thing by you? And so he says, listen, like, why are you so afraid? Isn't it interesting how often fear and faith go hand in hand? How often, like, because, because sometimes what we think is we think, like, okay, if I believe enough, that doesn't mean, like, that I'll, that I'll, it means that I'll never have fears. But listen, fear just comes out of a, co- or faith just comes out of a confidence in God's character that he will do the right thing. And the only way that we develop that is by spending time and walking with him in life. You know so, like, I, I can't command you to just have faith. I can't command you to just be like, because Like things are scary, so you know, like just just overlook it. Now, what I'm telling you to do right now is walk in relationship with God. Like that's why we spent like when we were together live, the whole series was on like growing more in your personal relationship with Jesus. Like the, like not, not not letting church do the the legwork for your relationship with God. Now, like you spend time with Him, you choose to trust Him because I can't command you to do that. That only comes out of walking with Him and having a precedent of this. I'll give you an example. So. Like here's Jesus saying, "Have faith." You know, there's a guy in the Bible who's known as the father of faith, and his name was Abraham. Started out as Abram, became Abraham. And and if you know Abraham's story, it's a really interesting story back in Genesis. Where so Abraham, he's he's a he's, he becomes an older guy. He has no kids with his wife Sarah, and in that world, like, if you didn't have any kids, uh, it meant you like you had you had no one to leave your like your, your life, all things you accrued in life. Too. And so having no kids meant you're either going to leave your stuff to a relative, uh, and it was an embarrassment, or just your, your hope is over. And, and so when, when Abraham's uh, going in this point in life, God tells him, like, listen, leave your home, leave everything you know, and go to a land that I will show you. And as Abraham begins to walk through life with God, he learns to trust him. He doesn't get it out, out of the gate. So, for instance, there's a point where where Abraham, he goes to Egypt, right? And he's so scared of the Egyptians. This is horrible, but these are the types of broken people that God uses in the Bible and in life right now, okay? Like, where he's so scared that he sees the Egyptians and he's he's like, Sarah... Uh, you're beautiful, so just tell everybody that you're my sister so that they don't kill me and take you. And as a result, he gives away his wife. God has to enter in and rescue her. I mean, it's this terrible, terrible thing because he doesn't trust God. He only learns to trust God with time as God shows him that he can be trusted. In Genesis 15, there's this moment where Abraham has this conversation with God. In Genesis 15, verse 1, it says this, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram, who became become Abraham, in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. Look, remember, Remember what Jesus said to his disciples? Why are you so afraid? And it comes to the idea of faith. We see it here too, okay? Do not be afraid, Abram. And here's what he tells them. You want to know why you shouldn't be afraid? I am your shield. I'm your shield, meaning I'm your defender. I'm the one who takes care of you. When everything is thrown at you in life, when attacks come, I'm the one who protects you. He says, I am your shield, your very great reward, meaning I'm the one who will give you what you need. I'm the one who, who will take care of you. I'm the one who will provide you with what, what you will have in life. I'm your shield, I'm your defender, and I'm your provider. And, and Abram hears this, but he's got a big lingering need. So in verse 2, he says this, But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me, since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. So in other words, so I'm going to die, and everything's going to go to somebody else who isn't my line. And Abram said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Verse four. Then the word of the Lord came to him: This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And I love, oh man, this is so great. Verse five. Then he talked my God took him, Abram, outside and said, Look up at the sky. And count the stars, if indeed you can count them. So you have this moment where they're out there and you know, there's no there's no air pollution. They can just see this vast sea of stars up in, in the sky. He says, look at all these stars, if you, if you can count them. And he said, so shall your offspring be. And verse six, is the, this is why Abram became Abraham and was called the father of faith. Verse six says, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. In other words, Abram hears this promise and he has no evidence for it whatsoever. And here we are with the winds and waves of the times that we live in and all the scary going on. And so we have an opportunity to believe too. So he believes him and God credits it to him as righteous. Meaning God takes his faith and says, all right, I'm gonna count that as the good thing. In other words, Abram hears this promise that he has no fruition of and he says, okay, God, I trust you. And that's what I wanna challenge us to do. It's just basically, listen, here's what I'm encountering, but okay, God, I trust you. I trust you. and I, I may mean, not always understand how you're doing it, but I trust that you're going to take care of me. Okay, and, 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 and uh, okay, I don't understand how things are going to work out or if they're going to work out, but I know that however they work out, you're going to be good and you're going to do right by me. God, I trust you. All right? I've never been in control. You are, and I believe you're good. I believe you're right. I believe you're loving. I believe you operate with nothing but love towards me. I trust you you. And here's the truth. Because like, I know that might seem like a, a, a leap. I know that might that, that, you know, that, that, that's good in principle, but I just, I'm not there yet. Well, again, the only way you're going to get there is by walking with the Lord and giving him opportunities to be trusted. If you're taking a try to the sound, listen. You can't assume you'll trust God when everything gets better. You have to practice trusting God right where you are. Let me say that again. You can't assume that you're going to trust God when everything gets better. You, what you've got to do is you've got to practice trusting God right where you are. And so the discipline that we're going to develop as, as a people is rather than because, like once COVID goes away and once the economy is better and once X, Y, and Z, then I'll trust God because then I'll, I'll see that, that that everything works out the way it should. No, instead what I'm, going to do I'm going to choose right where I am right now with the little thing that I count or the big. I'm going to choose right where I am to choose to trust God. I can't, again, I can't command you to trust God. It's only comes through practice with the little fear that comes up daily, all right? And the anxiety that comes up daily, okay, God, my kids are driving me insane, I don't know if they'll ever go back to school, but today I'm gonna trust that whatever happens with them, it will be good, it'll be right, they'll be raised the right way, they'll be turned to people that you want them to be, like, okay, I don't know what's gonna happen with work, but I'm gonna choose right now to trust that you will take care of me no matter what happens with my company, okay, God, I don't know what's gonna happen with my health, but I'm gonna choose to trust right now that sickness or in health, you have my back and you are my shield, you are my defender, you are my reward, I trust you, okay? God, I choose to trust you. And you go, well, how do I do that? It comes through practice. Let me say it this way. This is an illustration I use all the time in our church. I'm going to use it again today just in case you forgot. <laughs> I had a mentor put it to me like this years ago. He said, imagine you got a, a sponge, right? And you put it in water. What happens when you put a sponge in water? Well, it, it soaks the water. I'm like, it's really, really big, right? You know, and, 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 and it absorbs all this water, okay? And I imagine, like, you were take that sponge and you were squeeze the sponge, and you have all, of course, what's going to happen? All this water's is going to run down your arm, right? And, and, and because here's the truth like, when the sponge is squeezed, what's in it comes out of it. In the same way, when it comes to your faith, your trust in God, when you are squeezed, what's in you is what comes out of you. And so, like, trials, you should know this, like, trials, difficult times, they don't put something new in us, they just show what's already in us. And so the way that we develop trust in God is practice over and over again so that when we're pressed, when we're squeezed, what comes out of us is faith. What comes out of us is trust. And the only way that we do that is through a lifetime of walking with God. And the longer we walk with Him, the easier it becomes and the more it becomes our instinct and reaction. We can start with whatever we have right here, right now. You know, somebody who I think exemplifies this in my life, and I saw this firsthand, uh, is my dad. Seven years ago, um, my dad was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. Kind of know, I mean, it was scary. Like, you know, like that. Basically, I mean, he he was sick. He like, he, he he just felt like something wasn't right in his body. So even though he had already uh, been checked, like I think that year, uh, and they told him like you don't need to be checked, he's like no something isn't right. He insisted, went back to the doctor, and sure enough, over the span of, of several months, this, this this cancer had spread. Uh really scary. I remember the day that Dad went in for surgery to have a third of his colon removed. Uh, over at BB Hospital, where we're in his bed, or we're not in his bed, he's in his bed, that'd be weird. We're all getting surgery, but anyway. So, like, we're, we're around his, his bed, you know, circled up. And uh, it's one of the last moments before uh, they told us to leave so they could you know sedate him and, and wheel him up. And dad said, He said, All right, um, everybody, let's just circle up and let's pray. And that really threw me off. I mean, I'm a pastor, but I'll be honest with you, um. I didn't really feel like praying in that moment. I I, you know, I trusted God was going to be there, but like sometimes I, I, I erroneously think, well, "What's the point of praying? God already knows." And that's dumb. Like pray, prayer is for your heart as much as it is uh, connecting with God. Like, but that's a whole other thing. So, so but Dad goes, "Let's pray." And then and then here's Dad who's sick in bed, and and he's actually the one who led us in prayer. And I'll never forget what he said. He just said, like he had us, you know. Our family joined hands, he said, Lord, we don't know what the future holds, but we know that you're good. We trust you with whatever happens. And here he is saying that with his life. And I'm so thankful to God that seven years later, the cancer's in remission, there's no sign of it. And that's amazing. But here's the truth of it. That came for dad, it came from a lifetime of walking with God. That he had learned to trust God with thing after thing after thing. And, and, and we will get there only if we continue to practice this trust in Him. So let me just say this to the one today who's emotionally exhausted. But to the one who, okay, like, you have no idea what's going on. And you just feel burnt out. You feel like you've got nothing left to, 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 to give. You feel like your strength is completely gone. It probably is. But in your, you know, you're basically just, like, laid out on the floor even. You, have no, you don't even have the ability to talk, to hold yourself up. Here's what I want you to do. Just open your hand to God. Like, and, and basically just listen. You know what, Lord? I had no strength. I trust you. I'm, I'm, I'm giving over my circumstance to you. Okay, God, I trust you. And let's just take a moment, as we're wrapping up today, I wanna just, I wanna just end our time by praying, okay? Let's, let's listen, let's just as a people, let's just choose to do this. Wherever we are on the spectrum, if we're, if we're jazzed up about life, if we're despairing, wherever you are, let's just take a moment as a people and just say, Lord, we trust you. Father, we do. We believe that you're our shield. We believe that you are our reward. You know, the wind and the waves are knocking us back and forth and about. Lord, in this moment, we choose to say, listen, my, my life, if it's in my hand, my hand is open to you. You're the one who's in control, not me. And I trust you. I trust you with the future. I trust you with the outcomes. I trust you with whatever will be because I know you're good. I love you. Here's my life. I hand it over to you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, church family, thank you so much for tuning in this morning to Church at Home. Hope you, you are uh, have a great rest of your week. You know what? And we'll see you next Sunday as we continue the series Hindsight is 2020. Bless you.